What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk. If you are following along on Twitter, thank you for being here. If you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate that. If you're watching the YouTube channel, we appreciate that too. We cover best ball, IDP, Dynasty, NFL Draft, and fantasy football content. So we appreciate you being here with us if those are your jam. Today we're going to be talking about some dynasty mistakes that I've been kind of noticing in the market. And I want to kind of talk about how we can turn other people's mistakes into our advantages. Before we jump into that, though, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the podcast feeds because we have a lot of content, a lot. Just got back from the Senior Bowl this last week, covered that for the NFL Draft content. We have one podcast feed that's dedicated solely to Best Ball and Dynasty, and the other one is a little bit more freeform, but that's the IDP Army and the Offensive Points podcast. We do cross-post most of the podcast, most of the shows, but you really need to subscribe to both if you want to make sure that you get all of our information and all of our content. Not everything makes it on the channel. Not everything makes it on every podcast feed. So do me a favor, go down in the description, subscribe to both of our podcast feeds right now. You won't regret it. I promise. All right. So you came here to talk about dynasty fantasy football. It's that time of the year. Um, and also before we get into that, you know, like I said, we do best ball, IDP, and dynasty, and, and NFL draft. Those are our main points of content. And, you know, we talk about how they relate to fantasy football, what we love. Um, so if you want to follow us for a specific kind of content, that's another great thing about the feeds is we have them split. So if you want the best ball or just the dynasty content that's on one feed, if you want the IDP and the you know mixed dynasty content and then the NFL draft coverage, a little bit of that, plus just general NFL talk, that's on the IDP Army feed. So let's go ahead and talk about dynasty market mistakes that your league mates might be making this offseason and, again, how they can help us win by taking advantage of those mistakes. We're going to look at Keep Trade Cut, a very popular website that does crowdsourced information for Dynasty Football. Their formatting is in half PPR and in Superflex. So that's going to be our default. And we're just going to go ahead and talk about players that I kind of noticed uh, some market inefficiencies on, whether it be the psychology of how they ended the season, whether it be the value arbiters not quite pumping them up yet in the fantasy football community respectively or it might just be the psychology of wanting something new and exciting and we're going to try to dissect who those players are that maybe are not where they should be and how they can by identifying that we can win our fantasy leagues also going to be fielding dynasty trade questions at the end of this episode. So stick around for that. If you have any questions yourself, leave them in the comments. I love answering trade questions. Jump in our Discord or at me on Twitter. All right. 
Let's get into it. Gonna go ahead and pull this up. Like I said, we're using Keep Trade Cut, crowdsourced, no real bias. It's purely based on the market and how people say they value players and based on trades that are inputted into this system. So I think it's the most closely objective way of looking at the dynasty market. So we're going to go ahead and pull this up. And we're going to start looking at the wide receivers and the running backs that I think are a little misvalued. So we're going to take out the quarterbacks and the tight ends. We'll leave in the rookie picks since it is that time of the season. I think they are relevant to this conversation at certain points. The first market discrepancy I want to look at is really even deeper than just a market discrepancy. It's a macro or a meta conversation for Dynasty, and that is Jonathan Taylor. Currently, RB2 in Dynasty. That means the only place he could have been was one before this. Go ahead and pull up his profile. So I want to look at a couple of things. Now, this site, the way they use their ad values is they have a score. It's an arbitrary number, but it's 6,000 right now. That is the value of running back two in Dynasty Superflex, Jonathan Taylor. Why is this relevant? Because six months ago, Jonathan Taylor... Not that he was RB1, which he was. The value of the RB1 in Dynasty six months ago was 8,750. And that was Jonathan Taylor. So he's gone down one spot, but he's lost 2,700 score, Dynasty value points, whatever this metric really represents. When I see that, what I see is the market really starting to focus in on this idea and concept that running backs in Dynasty, really, really good ones, they're not like they're replaceable per se, but they do have a shelf life and it's a very real thing. And at 24 years old, you know, Jonathan Taylor at running back two is not helping the position hold its value. So that tells me that the whole dynasty market from leagues, players in leagues, they're just devaluing the running back position right now. Kind of crazy to think about that. The only running back who's ahead is Brees Hall, and he's worth 6,100 points or whatever this metric is. So the overall value of the running back over the last six months has been extremely devalued. Why is that? I think it's because the shelf life, we're kind of understanding that if you can get two really good years out of a running back, you've basically already won. Like that's hard to do. And if you get it, you should not be left holding the bag if you can prevent it. And the market is kind of understanding that wide receivers are in Dynasty, if we're having a real Dynasty conversation, wide receivers and quarterbacks are how you build a Dynasty. 
you should be churning your running backs. So I think Jonathan Taylor is a trade away candidate. I don't think people, you know, I think his name still holds some value, but I think you're going to get back a lot less than you probably want. Um, he's still in my tier one of running backs. If you want to check out the index, link is in the description. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com. Just going to show you all kind of here. I have Jonathan Taylor of my running back four. Again, this is tier one, which I like the tier system because it doesn't put like an arbitrary necessarily value on players. I think all of these players, in terms of what they can do for my team over the next two seasons, are similar. That's what I'm projecting. Will I miss on some? Yeah. Will I hit on some? Hopefully. <clears throat> I think it's relevant to kind of juxtapose Jonathan Taylor to Josh Jacobs, who really just broke out this last season. And I want to just talk just, just the raw, just the numbers. Josh Jacobs this season, 340 carries for 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. 340 carries, probably an outlier. But 12 touchdowns, that's not an outlier number in the touchdown column. Not even close. Jonathan Taylor last season, not 2022, but 2021, 18 touchdowns on the ground. What Jonathan Taylor did was already sort of boosted. What Josh Jacobs did this year was somewhat repeatable, I would say. Didn't get 12 touchdowns again. The really interesting thing that I saw when I compared these two players is that Jonathan Taylor is averaging 2.5 receptions a game throughout his career, and Josh Jacobs is averaging three. Josh Jacobs has been targeted 64 times each of the last two seasons. That's a rock-solid number. Conversely, Jonathan Taylor has been targeted 51 and 40 times each of the last two seasons. Granted, this season was cut a little short, but even last year, only 40 or 51 targets. So why is Josh Jacobs so devalued in Dynasty? I don't know. I think a move right now you should consider making if you have Jonathan Taylor and you want to get out of the Jonathan Taylor business, if you can, is to try to get Josh Jacobs plus. So next player I want to talk about is another running back. And that is the running back 12 right now, Ramondre Stevenson. A little shocked when I saw this. Running back 12, a Patriots running back. Don't we know enough? Haven't we done this enough? Um, started doing a little more research, and I saw he had a lot of targets. And that explained it. That literally explained why Ramondre Stevenson is in this spot. And if we were just playing a game where we could count on that next season, I could maybe get behind that. But what else do we know about this team, this player, this coaching staff, this situation? Not great. Really anywhere. Ramondre Stevenson, no matter how talented he is, is still a Patriots running back. What do I mean by that? Let's dig in a little deeper. 
Ramondre Stevenson only started seven games this season. So we know that he's not the starter. Okay, we know Bill Belichick does things differently, but that's the thing. There are variables involved here that are already obviously extenuating. 210 carries, 1,000 yards, really efficient. Love to see that. 88 targets. That's a big target number. And again, that's probably why he's running back 12 in Dynasty right now, because people think that that can happen again. And it can happen again. But ask, let's think about this. How many targets do you think Ramondre Stevenson had the season before? Played 12 games. Only started two. Played 17 this year. Only started seven. 133 carries as a rookie. 210 as a sophomore. How many targets do you think he had as a rookie? I'll tell you. It was 18. He went from 18 targets to 88 targets. Like that. One season. And that's cool for anyone who had him. But I don't trust Patriots running backs. To me, too many red flags. This looks unorganized. Um, we don't know who, we don't know what this team really is about. I mean, look at the usage from year to year on Ramondre Stevenson. If that alone isn't indicative that this team doesn't know necessarily what they're doing with this player or these players, the staff, everything that's going on there. At running back 12, Ramondre Stevenson is a sell for me. In Dynasty, anyone who wants to buy him, this is one of those Dynasty mistakes that you need to take advantage of. Churn him out. I know it's going to be a little hard. You probably feel like you have a diamond in the rough. You have something special. And you very well might, but you might not. And if you don't, or it's not even close, he's probably never going to touch these running back 12 numbers again. And all we have between now and the next season is news, narratives, and new players getting drafted. There's a lot of ways Ramondre Stevenson's value can go down this offseason and not up. So I would say take your bag and run. Next player who I think is massively misvalued right now is currently the wide receiver 33. Can you guess who it is? It's Amari Cooper. Wide receiver 33. You might say, okay, he's old, plays for Cleveland. Of course he's wide receiver 33. What if I told you that Amari Cooper, in the year of our Lord 2022, matched his pre previous career high in targets with Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson under center? Guys, he didn't even remember playing football with. Matched career numbers, 132 targets. Hasn't had that number since 2016 with Derek Carr. You say, okay, Jordan, that's interesting. I didn't think about it like that. You know, why is he ranked so low if he's still getting the targets. He must have had no yards. No, you'd be wrong there too. He had 1,160 yards. That's only good for his third highest yards in his career. Wow. Hmm. Well, he must have a massive injury at the end of the season. No, 
He must be falling off in some way, shape, or form. No touchdowns. He just had no nose for the end zone. You'd be wrong again. Nine touchdowns for Amari Cooper. And guess what? Career high. Career high touchdowns for Amari Cooper on the Browns. Amari Cooper is still that dude. Wide receiver 33 is shameful. You aren't paying attention. This man is younger than Stephon Diggs. He's younger than Devontae Adams. He's younger than Tyreek Hill. Some of these guys, he's almost a full year. Cooper Cup, two full years younger than these guys. Out here having career high targets. He's out here having career high in targets. Career high touchdowns. Third highest career receiving yardage total with 1,160. Actually, I'm sorry, that's his fourth highest. But that's just par for the course for Amari Cooper. He's a great wide receiver for fantasy football, getting better as he gets older. So at 28 years old and some chain, 29 next season, with more time with this coaching staff, with better quarterback, quarterback play, presumably, there's no reason that he should be this low. A wide receiver three? You're telling me that I can draft a wide receiver three who put up comparable numbers and is younger than players who are being drafted much higher than him. Go get Amari Cooper right now. If I could get him for a second, I would do that in a heartbeat. I traded him away for a first this last offseason, and I would be curious to see if I get him back for a second. Last two players we're going to talk about in the wide receiver and the running back group, Rashad White. Rashad White right now is running back 20. And I think that just overall, that's probably a little bit too low. Why do I think that? I don't think this Bucks team is just giving up because Tom Brady decided to retire. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Shaq Barrett. They still have Antoine Winfield. They still have Chris Godwin. They still have Devin White. This is a good football team. They just need a quarterback. A lot of speculation about Carr maybe going there, whatever it is, what have you. Leonard Fournette is he's not going to be around. Rashad White is going to go up these rankings all offseason. I would get in right now. He flashed a lot this season. Coaching staff seemed to like to trust him. Go by Rashad White. I think at running back 20, he's only going to go up. Again, another a younger player, 23, same age as Ramondre Stevenson. I think we can trust the production we saw from him a little more than a player like that. And then the last player that I want to talk about in the wide receiver and the running back category that I think people are making big dynasty mistake on, or not even a mistake, but just kind of underestimating, is Jahan Dotson. Where is he? I don't know where he's at in these rankings. Uh, where the hell? Wide receiver 28, right? Yeah, that's what I have right here. Oh, so he's on the last wide receiver on the first page. Okay. 
There he is. Rookie Jahan Dawson for the Washington Commanders. You probably felt his presence a little bit if you watched any of those games. You saw him flash. And at wide receiver 28, still being ranked as a wide receiver three in Dynasty, I think this is a moment. Um, I don't think the flashes you saw were an accident either. 22.9 years old, he's going to go up in value. He's going to listen to these numbers. As a rookie, he was a 10-game starter. Started his first game, okay? He played in 12. He had a little injury, I think week four, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. He missed a couple of games, but it was, a, it was a, basically a full-time starter right out the gates. Earned the coaching staff's trust. And there was a lot of veterans just running around on the Washington Commanders. Heavily targeted. Now, this kind of blew me away. You think, oh, heavily targeted, what does that really mean? He averaged nine targets a game. Oh, I'm sorry. He averaged five targets a game, but he had multiple games where he was having nine, seven, eight, nine targets. A lot. A lot of targets. For a rookie to get targets, that means something, in my opinion. Didn't come down with as many as I wanted. Catch rate was a little bit low. But again, he's a rookie, but he averaged three receptions a game. Seven touchdowns. Those numbers can go up. I liked what I saw on the field from him. You know, um, the coaching situation is kind of scary right now, but the quarterback situation can only get better, right? So if Jahan Dotson was already earning the trust of veteran quarterbacks and veteran coaching staffs on a team with lots of veteran wide receivers just kind of putzing around, Curtis Samuel came back, Terry McLaren is good, and he still managed to get five targets a game. I think he had a total of 70-some-odd targets. I need to double-check. That's amazing. Seven touchdowns, nose for the end zone. I love it. I think that this is a huge buy moment for Jahan Dotson. Now, I will say, I got a little excited about a guy who did something similar to this a couple of years ago, Chase Claypool. He had 11 touchdowns, though. So it felt a little bit more amazing. So I feel like the Jahan Dotson numbers, if he just continues on a, a reasonable path of ascension, if he continues to look good, which, I mean, he looked the part of a good receiver. Wide receiver 28 is FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Go get him in a package with something. Get Jahan Dotson on your team now before it becomes cool. Terry McLaurin, who knows? You know what happens when he gets traded suddenly? Could happen. You know? What happens when Curtis Samuel disappears? What happens when Aaron Rodgers suddenly, for whatever reason, ends up on the commanders? We don't know. The only variable that is absolutely certain is that nothing is certain, and especially in the NFL. So I'm in on Jahan Dotson. Think wide receiver 28 is too low, and this is a buy moment. Your league mates are making a mistake. Before we jump into the quarterbacks and tight ends, not very many of those per se, just a handful of uh, that the market. I just want to talk about how the market's valuing them and misvaluing them, shall we say. Before we do that, check out But before we do that, 
Looking for the ultimate edge in fantasy football? The Ultimate Fantasy Index is finally here. The Ultimate Fantasy Index features the Ultimate Dynasty Index, the Ultimate IDP Index, and the Ultimate Best Ball Index. Each index features tiered rankings that are updated daily, which means you'll have a clear understanding of not only who the top players are, but also who the next best options are. More fun, more football, more fantasy for the culture. Join the IDP Army and start winning your leagues today. Yes, yes, yes. Please join the IDP Army. Join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army, or become a member of the channel, or throw us a super thanks. We'd really appreciate it. You know, this isn't big corporate fantasy media. It's a little mom and pop shop getting it done. All right. That was fun. Let's get back to the serious business of winning fantasy football leagues, though. The very serious business of it. Um, you know, we're talking about rankings and just, you know, before we jump back into these last guys or how the market, we're talking about how the dynasty market really works, how it functions, you know, and in the offseason, the things that move player values are not player performances anymore. We have all that data, all that information, and we kind of have, that's where we start. You know, we say, okay, this is kind of where we start. This is our outline, our structure base. The things that really move the dynasty market, which is a fluid market, are news, narratives, and value arbiters. Value arbiters being people like me, you know, the voices who say this is this and that's that. Unfortunately, a lot of people just say what other people say, which is unfortunate, but that's where you, a wise, clever, sly, fantasy manager, dynasty winner, are looking outside the conventional places of basic fantasy football interpretation, data regurgitation, and deconstruction. There are variables outside of the numbers, and everyone has the numbers. Your numbers aren't secret knowledge. Everyone has those. What thoughts do you have? How have you processed those numbers? And what conclusions has it led you to? And if it leads you to the same conclusions as everyone else, what purpose do you serve? What do you add? What's your value add? Mine is my context. Mine is how I see things, which is usually a little different than a lot of people. And, you know, 11 people lose your fantasy league every year. So you want to be the guy that's a little different? Come hang with us. There's my pitch. All right. So let's go ahead and jump back into it. Like I said, we're talking tight ends and quarterbacks here that the dynasty market is maybe, in my opinion, just viewing wrong, you know. And it'll be a surprise to no one who some of these players are. The first player that I'm going to bring up. All right. Take out the wide receivers and the running backs. And we're going to talk about the tight ends first. Because I still don't understand how Kyle Pitts is the tight end one in Dynasty. Don't get it. 
Doesn't make any sense to me. I, don't, I mean, he's had like two tight end one games his whole career. It's just, I understand the metrics behind it. I get that. Again, the numbers are the numbers. And we've had his numbers. We've had his metrics, his size, his weight, his adjusted speed score, his PFF grade, his warp grade, all that stuff. We've had it. It's been done, been done seeing it. You know what else we have now? We have two years of Kyle Pitts not making a meaningful difference on offense for fantasy or real life. So we have many, many, many new data points. Yet, Kyle Pitts somehow remains the tight end one. Does that make sense to you? This is a really good example of all of those things that I said that affect a player's value, the market value. News, narratives, well, news, narratives, and value arbiters. The fourth variable is the actual production, the on-field performance. And it's so interesting to me that the only thing that's holding Kyle Pitts up are the three things that have nothing to do with his on-field performance. So I think it's another still a sell moment for Kyle Pitts. Until Kyle Pitts goes down in rankings in the market value and just on, you know, and these in some ways do reflect the popular fantasy websites in some ways. Um, he's not a buy. He's been at an all-time high price for two years now. Doesn't make any sense to me. Want to bring that up. And then I wanted to bring up the tight end for TJ Hawkinson. 24 years old or 25 years old. Doesn't make sense. TJ Hawkinson is on an amazing career trajectory. And I think that he is a huge buy right now. In my opinion, I would much rather have TJ Hawkinson on my dynasty team than Kyle Pitts. He's tied to Kirk Cousins, one of the most accurate, best quarterbacks in the league. He came over to that team and was immediately heavily targeted, immediately in a, an impact player for that offense. Tons of targets, tons of receptions, tons of end zone targets. And he's one of the best young tight ends in the league. If you'll simply remember, go back a couple of years, there was a time we spoke. I say we, they, the value arbiters, spoke of TJ Hawkinson the same way. They speak right now of Kyle Pitts. And now he's doing it, finally. And where are the value arbiters place him? Tight end four. Tell me, friend. Wise, clever, stunning fantasy manager. Does that make sense to you? Doesn't make sense to me. TJ Hawkinson is a massive buy at 25 years old. You're looking at four or five-year runway of a guy who had all the stuff behind him, all the hot air, and then he did it, got a situation that's going to continue to make him do it. And what happens, you know, he – and this is unfortunate. I mean, even crazier. I mean, like, this is him rising. He should have never really been this low anyway. Um, I'm sure somebody probably put Albert O too high in their rankings. Uh-oh. Um, but we won't get into that. And finally – Let's talk about a quarterback that at no point in my life until about six months ago did I ever think I would be 
defending, positively speaking about, or even rooting for. And that is former number one overall pick, Jared Garf. Jared Goff, as you all as you all know, was drafted by the Rams. Was the first quarterback of the new LA Rams franchise. Um, you know, the lasting legacy of Jeff Fisher, I guess. He finally got it right. Sort of. Anyway, getting getting off track. Jared Goff right now, quarterback 16. He's 28 years old, coming off an incredible season. All he's done is is get better every year he's been in the league. People gave a little too much of his credit to what he was able to do the last couple of years to Sean McVay. I mean, that's just the, the long and short of it. We saw Sean McVay struggle. You know, he's human too. We're all human. The Jared Goff has been getting better. Uh, and there's no reason for him to be a quarterback 16. I mean, just in super flex as well. He's so young. I mean, he's only two years younger. I mean, Daniel Jones is higher than him. I and mean, Daniel Jones has got some running around a little bit. But even Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is higher than him right now in the dynasty market. It just doesn't make sense. All right. These things will work themselves out later down the line. So this is kind of why I wanted to put this episode out or the show out. And we're going to do this often on this channel. Um, we will talk, like I said, best ball, IDP, Dynasty, NFL Draft, and Fantasy Football. Today, we're talking Dynasty values offensively. Um, and it, and if people are really this low on Jared Goff, He's, he's a huge buy for me right now in Superflex. Get him on your team. Jamison Williams is going to be there next year. We get him. I don't want to say back, but we get him. You know, hopefully at full health. Amon Ross St. Brown is an absolute stud. We talked about him about a month ago because he was on the, he's been a little bit of a seesaw player on the dynasty market value. You know, sometimes they want him as a top five wide receiver. Sometimes people view him as a top 15 wide receiver. You need to buy. I don't like the word buy, but you need to acquire for your roster players that are on a low point and sell players on a high point in the offseason. And the only way to do that is to be aware. I don't want to say self-aware, but market aware, market awareness. And again, how do you do that? News, narratives, value arbiters. This is what I do. I listen, I read, I pay attention, I digest. I create premium rankings. I win fantasy football leagues. I have a dang good time. And you should too. You know, we would love to have you around with us going forward. That's everything for the Dynasty Market section of the show. Now we're going to look at some dynasty trades that were sent in either in the comment section of YouTube or the discord, or I think I had a couple just trades. I actually had screenshotted as well. So let's talk through a handful of trades for dynasty offense and defense, and then we will get you all out of here. All right. 
So this first trade comes in from Chris on the YouTube channel. Thanks for watching and subscribing, Chris. He says, thanks. Great show. Appreciate it. Just wondering, seeing how Okreki finished good this year, I'm wondering why I should trade him for Greenlaw. One year difference in age. I believe that you said the upside is there for Greenlaw, but if San Francisco D coordinator leaves, would you still make the trade? Thanks again. I would. I think Dre Greenlaw is like the future of San Francisco. Yeah, the face of San Francisco right now is Fred Warner. But he's been that for so long, and we just know how the NFL works. He's eventually going to probably end up playing somewhere else. My bet is he ends up on the Jets. And so that would leave an opening for Greenlaw to just continue to ascend. So that that's kind of how I would view that. And Okreki, he's definitely a good linebacker, but he's like a replacement level linebacker. Um, and that's I would be a little worried that he could end up in like a Denzel Perryman type situation or Corey Littleton situation, you know, so I might go, I think I would skew Greenlaw, which is surprising for me. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, Grecky, he served me well and he probably didn't cost you anything to get. At the very least, Greenlaw has a little bit of uh, that name value too. Could be good in future trades. Next question also comes in from YouTube. David says, hey, brother, what are your thoughts on this trade? Micah Parsons, M. Brisker, <clears throat> and Pacheco for Nick Bosa, Barkley, and Casey wide receiver, John Justin Ross. Keep up the good work. Appreciate that, David. I assume you mean Jay Jaquan Brisker. I have to assume that's what you mean here. Um, and with that being the assumption, I would do that trade. I would get Nick Bosa and Barkley on my team. Brisker's good. Parsons is amazing, and Pacheco is going to eat. But I like Nick Bosa. The name value is there. The long-term value is there. I like Barkley, still in my tier one of running backs. That's probably I mean, that's a big upgrade over Pacheco, just position to position. So I like the Nick Bosa, Barkley, and then Justin Ross is neither here nor there, honestly. But, I mean, take him. Next question came in from YouTube as well. Quay Walker, is he worth buying maybe for a late second? I would not buy Quay Walker for a late second. There are other players on defense that I might look at for a late second, but he's a player that I might try to just, just wait it out. You could probably sneak him on to your team for cheaper than that in some sort of package deal. 
So that's kind of where my thoughts are with him. Do I think he's worth a late second? He could be. A year from now, we could very well be talking about him as one of the next big linebackers up as a young player. But right now, I think that's a little bit of an overpay for him. All right. This question came into our Discord channel, Trade Talk. He said, would you guys take Khalil Herber in a late second for Alvin Kamara? I feel like Kamara is going to hit that regression hard. I already hit accept. Can't pass that up. Well, he already did the right thing, in my opinion. Khalil Herbert didn't make it onto the show earlier, but he's another player that I was going to talk about. Probably will next week, where his dynasty value is just inaccurate. He's worth more than I think people realize right now. Uh, if you have him, don't trade him away. And if you don't have him, little alpha, go try to get him. This guy got Khalil Herbert in a late second for Kamara. I mean, we're at this point in the fantasy lives of some of these players that we've just heard their name so many times, but they're not what they were and the situation's not what it was. We don't know. I don't. I can't tell you that Khalil Herbert's going to pan out and be the next great fantasy running back, but he might. He looked good in some big spots last year on a really good running team right now. You're getting rid of Alvin Kamara. A lot of people in your dynasty leagues are just going to keep Alvin Kamara on their team until the bitter end. You're not doing that. And you got a late second. So I like this trade a lot. Um, do I think you could have got more or less for whatever? Sometimes I think that that's not really relevant. It's just, is this going to help your team? Yeah. Khalil Herbert and a late second are going to do more for your dynasty team long-term and probably similar short-term as, as Alvin Kamara. So I like that trade a lot. <clears throat> oh, uh, whoops. I thought there was another one that I had on here. I did have another picture on here. Yeah, we'll talk about that trade later. All right. Only did four trades today. Going to try to add more of those into the show towards the end of the shows because it is dynasty season. You know what I mean? Offense and defense, we are making moves out here in your dynasty leagues. Um, if you're not sure about the value of a player or you know how or you just want somebody to bounce ideas off of, come into our Discord, leave us comments. I'm not going to say there's no stupid questions. But we have fun, and we want you to win, and we want to help you. So if you can come in with you know an open mind, you know a good sense of humor, and a friendly disposition, you know we like to have fun. The whole the whole gang, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mister Worldwide. No, not really. All right, that's it for me, fantasy football fanatics. IDP Army, thank you for being here. Subscribe to the channel. Best ball, IDP, Dynasty, NFL Draft, fantasy football content, non-stop. Senior Bowl was amazing. Go check out our shorts feed. Check out our TikToks. We're going to be putting some interviews at the end of some podcasts in the coming weeks throughout the draft season. Mock drafts are on the channel. So much good stuff going on. We are glad that you are here with us on this journey to win your leagues this year.
All right. That's all for me in the IDP Army. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>